Welcome to Dating What Went Wrong. I'm your host, Rob Scow, the self-proclaimed failed relationship expert. That is not to say I am a failed relationship expert. No, no. I am a failed relationship expert. I have failed at a lot of relationships. And this is why I'm doing this podcast. Because I have questions. Like, a lot of questions. Things keep going wrong, and I want to know why. We may not always have the answers, but sometimes just asking the question and starting a discussion can get us on the right track. At least that is what I'm going to go with, because I don't know, right? So today I want to dive into a topic I am very familiar with, and that is the friend zone. Now, what is the friend zone? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines the friend zone. No, I'm just kidding. I actually did look that up, and it does not appear in Webster's Dictionary. But essentially, the friend zone is two people in a relationship where one person has romantic feelings and the other one does not, yet the friendship persists anyway. To illustrate this point, I brought my friend Derek Leduff and the woman who friend zoned him, Alan Nelson. I was truly shocked, but they both agreed to sit here and talk about it. We'll discuss each of their points of view and get to the bottom of what happened and why it happened. Let's meet them. So Derek works in HR, he is a musician, and he is a trivia master. It's so great to have you here. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. I like that you gave me the title of master of trivia, yeah. because I guess there's really no other like level to be, right? I'm a trivia, you know, level one guy. Yeah, no one ever says like, oh, I'm, you know, like... Yeah, I'm the, dabbling in the trivia. I'm a novice plus. Yeah. I've gotten a few answers right of trivia. <laughs> I'm an intermediate trivia man. No, I'm a master, all right. Thank you, Rob. That That's was great. right. So, a master at trivia, but what have your experiences been in dating? Oh, really? Not good. <laughs> As of late. So, you wouldn't say you're a master at dating? No, I would say I'm a master of confusing what the hell I'm supposed to be doing when I date. Well, this is why we're here, to talk about it and to see if uh, there can be a, a greater truth that can be learned from all this. Okay, I thought I was coming here to get a date. All right. <laughs> Maybe we'll work on that. So, do you believe in the friend zone? Do I believe in it? I have to say that I exist in it, so therefore I must believe in it. <laughs> to refute it would be to refute my very existence. <laughs> and are you aware when you're in it all the time or just some of the time? Um, when I'm around a woman who I'm in the friend zone with and she's beautiful, yeah, I'm very aware that I'm in the friend zone. All right, so um, have you ever friend zoned someone else? Oh, that's an interesting question. Have I friend zoned anyone? Yeah, I've friend zoned somebody before. Definitely. You want to elaborate on that story? You don't have to name names. I, yeah, I can't think of a specific example, but I think there's always been, an, everyone has an experience where someone likes them and you're not really, the feelings aren't reciprocated, but you like that person on a personal level and they're cool and you want them in your life. So you try to at least express to them like, this is not, it's not a romantic thing for me, but I hope we like the friend and you genuinely want the friendship to be maintained. And I, you know, if they're, if they're willing to accept that premise or that, you know, that level of relationship, then yeah, for sure. They're, I guess, technically friend zoned, right? That's a friend zone situation. They wanted more. I did not. And the friendship resisted. Mm -hmm. What do you believe is your greatest strength in dating? And what do you believe is your greatest weakness in dating? I think my greatest strength is that I'm very, I believe, considerate and, and giving um, I'm a, I feel like I'm a thoughtful dater. Like I, I care about how I make people feel. So I think about what I'm trying to do to, um, you know, win them over, show them a good time, give them space, make sure they're happy. So actually I think my greatest weakness is tied in with that. Oh yeah. I think I put a lot more on them than I do on myself sometimes. I know that sounds like one of those backwards like interview questions where someone's, you know, trying to make themselves sound positive when they're not. But I think, I do think it is a weakness to sort of not stand for what you know your value is and to let somebody sort of run the show and to give them more than they're giving you and to not be self-aware enough to say, you know, this is not somebody who, you know, has the same amount of interest as you have in them and they're clearly not showing it. So therefore you don't need to put so much work and effort into pursuing this. Do you think the, the putting in too much effort also leads to like the, the, them not as being as interested? I think it's all circumstantial, to be honest. I've, I've put in effort to girls that 
I really liked, who also appreciated me, liked me back, and it went somewhere for mm -hmm. whatever amount of time. And in that case, it felt the right situation to put that much effort into. Right. Because she also had the same interest or she valued me differently. So I think it's a case-by-case -case thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to Alon, who is also joining us today. Alon, great to have you. Um, we met today, mm -hmm. so I don't have this, um, this wonderful line of, of backstory that I had for Derek, which was, I think, three things. Um, so tell me about yourself. Um, let's see, grew up in California, joined the Navy, worked for Lockheed Martin, worked in the marijuana industry, traveled the world for a year, came back to California to pursue a business idea. So first question is, was the, the working in the weed industry related to the Navy or the reason why you got out of the Navy? I thought it was like a natural progression, right? You just go from the military to Lockheed Martin to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> why not? As one does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Standard. Is there a story there or just um, where, where you um, went? I think uh, my friends would say, and I'd agree, basically every 10 years I completely flip my life around and do something different. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So what has your experience been with dating and is it related to that? Um, uh, you know, I'm mostly always single. So I guess my dating experiences, you could say, haven't been positive. But, you know, I'm glad I'm not with some of the guys that I dated. So that's good. Yeah, that's okay. Not dating certain people is a definite positive sometimes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then um, what do you feel is your greatest strength in dating or what is your greatest weakness? Hmm. Greatest strength? Of course, you'll hear something different from somebody who's dated me, but I feel my greatest strength was not pressuring the person. Um, you know, they can lead their life and do whatever they want, and, um, you know, I get my time, they get their time, so no pressure. Um, weakness, probably, I, now I have to be, look inward and reflect. Um, I'm probably more emotionally needy than I'm even willing to admit. Interesting. Okay. Do you believe in the friend zone? Of course. Okay. And um, are you aware when you're in it? Um, or maybe the question is, is have you been in it? So have I been placed in it yeah. by somebody? Absolutely. Yeah. I was actually the very first guy I ever expressed interest in in high school and worked up so much courage. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a little sophomore and he was a senior and I had like built up all his courage over so much time and finally asked him do you see me as a friend or more than a friend? And he said, I see you as a really good friend. <laughs> and I was crushed. <laughs> and I laid on the couch for the rest of the weekend and my mom couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Did you ask him in person or did you have a little note that had no, the checkbox? I didn't here? do the checkboxes. Oh, okay. Mm, no. Do you think if you'd done the checkboxes that might have helped? It could have increased my game, but um, no, I, I just, I went for it. Yeah. A lot of courage. I feel like high school, though, is a different beast. Like, I think that the decisions that I made in high school, I, I, just, I just wasn't very open-minded. I had a very narrow view of what attraction was. And it was something that, I mean, something that I still am expanding on even today. But I just know that in high school specifically, it was, it was really tied into what was perceived as beautiful to everyone else. Oh. And so when something was considered nerdy or, or like undesirable in general in high school, I, my brain sort of trained me not to like it. Okay. Did you have a lineup and the girls were like, <laughs> Rob, please, may I have a shot today? No, it was today the day. And then you just said, I'm sorry. You do not fit the right parameters. <laughs> I, think, I think the real truth is I, I had that in my head, but the reality is, is none of those options were available uh -huh. anyway. So uh, let's start off with the story of Derek. Let's talk about his perspective of how he got friend zoned. Okay, friend zoning. So, Alon and I met playing beach volleyball. We play in a little Sunday league. Um, I saw her a couple weekends in a row, finally decided to ask her if she wanted to hang out, ask for her Facebook. She, because that's this is this little insight into how I approach women. I go for the Facebook first. Because the phone number feels aggressive, and I don't know if it is or not. We can discuss that, but let's let's pause just for one sure. second on that story. Do you? What do you feel is more aggressive? Well, I don't do any social media. Okay. So if somebody asked just outright for my um, phone number, I would assume that yeah, they're interested in me, and I don't think 
I would find it aggressive. Interesting. So, but either one wouldn't bother you. Like if someone said Facebook, you you don't have the Facebook, but if someone well, I consider my age, right? I mean, I'm 40, so you know, for somebody who's 25. It, it would be a different story, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, to ask for their phone number might be a little bit more forward. That's an interesting point. We didn't say our ages. I am also, I'm 36. So just for perspective on dating, it's nice to know what people's age or, ages mm-hmm. are. I will say this, though. I don't know if I think the phone number is aggressive in terms of like, oh, this is a really forward move. But I think the Facebook is the safe play for me because the Facebook is like, oh, I don't know if you're interested or have the possibility of being interested. But if I ask for your Facebook and you're not interested, then I can always pretend that I was just trying to connect as friends. Do you know what I mean? And I totally know what you mean. And, and, you know, when I say this, this is not to say that you're wrong because I 100% do the exact same thing. But do you ever think that by not going both, you're already making the first step in not being like a strong, competent person that knows what they want. Judging by the fact that I am consistently single, I know I'm right. Yes, <laughs> I did the right thing. Absolutely. Yeah. The other reason why I wanted to, to, to go into this is I actually was talking to someone at work and you know, she is, I think she's 24, 25. And that, so that tells you like where that range is. But she says she would rather have a guy ask for her phone number than her Instagram, because her Instagram is her life. Her phone number can be changed. Oh, okay. Mm. And I sort of feel the opposite. Well, she's 24, you said? 24, 25. Yeah, she only exists on Instagram. (laughs) I don't even know if you're talking about a real person, so. (laughs) So picking up where I left off in my story, yes, I asked for Elon's Facebook. She said she does not do social media, so she gave me her phone number. And at that point, I still wasn't sure what my intentions were. I really didn't, because I thought she was cute, but I also am in this circle of people in this in the volleyball league where I see all the same people and I'm reluctant to date someone that unless I really know for sure that they're interested because of the repercussions of it it not going well and then I'm still seeing the same people over and over so I asked for her number I don't think I even texted her right away I think I probably saw her again the next weekend before I finally texted her and I think the first text was like hey all of us volleyball people are going out to get a drink would you like to come and she was like, no, I'm going home. And then I said... Was, was, that, was that true? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I said something. She said, oh, how late are you guys going to stay out? Or something to that effect. And I said, probably like eight because we all got to work tomorrow. And then this is the first thing she said back after I wrote that was pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Which I proceeded... Well, first of all, I was kind of like, oh, shit. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> and then secondly, I thought, wait a second. Did you just say you're going home to go to bed? by yourself and then I said yeah you're one to talk and then I actually after that that retort I felt like oh this is kind of a cool person like she's snarky can she's got some you know good texting pizzazz maybe this is someone I want to ask out so I don't remember how long after that but I probably asked her out that week like casually hey you want to go get drinks at this bar we uh she said yes she would like to do that and she said the day of hey do you like chocolate chip cookies by chance? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she's like, well, I'm going to, with walnuts? And I said, even better. She said, well, I'm going to bring you some. I made them. So like, I'm like going to this date, like, girl, I already made me cookies, first date. It's oh usually my a good God. sign. Usually, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're here to well, figure out. Well, maybe it was out. the walnuts that is like, these are friend walnuts? I mean, I don't know. All I knew is I got the walnuts. And like, cookie, chocolate chip cookies is one thing, but to go get the walnuts and throw them in. So I'm like driving there, I'm like, Wait, pause for a second. If, if you were interested, would it have just been straight chocolate chip cookies with walnuts part of the equation? Oh, walnuts made no difference. I was making cookies okay. for myself. Oh, oh. <laughs> we find all this out in retrospect. These are the things, these are the steps Lon will need to learn for future dating experiences. No man has ever thought, oh my God, she baked those cookies for herself. It's a first date. She's going to just bring some for me this, just to share funny. with her. I didn't think about that. Oh, I just, really? No, I, I really didn't. Hmm. I made them for me. And, and we're then seeing... I always end up with too much, so I give them to friends. And, and know, dates? Or, no, no, friend friends. Okay, only friends. <laughs> friends owners. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever give your cookies to a date? Like, oh, would, yeah. would that have been a thing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it could have gone... The, the, the cookies, yeah. the walnuts, none of this was yeah. any indication yeah. of the situation. Okay. Okay. So, continue. Yeah, but this is all not in my head yet. My head right. is I'm a baller. So I will. I'll kind of run through this date pretty quickly. I remember we. Got, I got there. She already had a drink. I ordered a drink. We hit it off. Our rapport was really good right away. We were chatting it up. She had the cookies. 
I don't think I tried them right away, but because I had a drink that didn't go with the cookie, but I had it there, and I was, you know, I was playing a little hard to get, like, you know, I don't need to eat your cookie right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have eaten the cookie right away. Okay. Well, I mean, different strategy. I don't well, want to seem too eager. You know oh, what I mean? My, my feeling is, is, like, someone bake me a cookie. I want to start with that. You know, I don't want to like save it. Well, I also want to show her that like, you think you're the first girl to bake me cookies with walnuts? Come on, please. No, she was, but I didn't want her to know. I'm trying to work it. So I just, I, I put the cookie in the side. I said, okay. yeah, we'll get to the cookie. So the, it was going well. I think we chatted there for a good while. And then I said, hey, you know, just to switch it up. I was like, you want to grab a, a, like a booth. There was like a booth over the, um, behind us. And this is an, I consciously thought about this next move. I don't know what you thought, but we can find out. I, there was like one bench, like a bench seat, and then on the other side were two tape, like two chairs. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Why don't you slide in on the side on the bench with me? That way we can like it talk easier instead of like leaning over the table." And it was kind of loud in there, so it was you know. And she said, "Sure, why not?" So she slid into my side of the bench. Thought that was a good sign, more intimate, more personal. And then I said, "You know what? Time to eat the cookie." Yeah. And I think we just had a really good time chatting and chatting it up. I mean, I was telling her dating stories. We got. Not like super personal, but we, I felt like the comfort level that was there like pretty quickly. Like I didn't, it felt more like I wasn't trying to posture, like be, you know, like present myself a certain way. I felt like my guard was let down pretty quick. Like I felt like she was disarming in that way so that I could just be myself. So I, I think, I, I don't think I went too deep into like, you know, really personal stuff, but I was definitely comfortable talking about, um, you know, insecurities and things like that. It was at that level. And same with Alon. I felt like she was like very open the first time we were hanging out. And so everything went great. And then I knew Alon had Ubered there and I knew she lived close. So I, I offered to drive her home. She, she accepted. We walked back to my car and then we discovered this little tiny piece of paper on my windshield that amounted to 70 some dollars. And apparently I had read the sign wrong, but Alon was pretty awesome. She looked at the sign. She's like, that's really confusing. It's super hard to tell. I don't blame you. Let me take care of the ticket. What? I think she said that. Okay. So cookies with walnuts. Let me take care of the ticket. I'm sure I'll slide on that side of the bench. So right now things are going well in my head. Mm -hmm. Took her home. First date. I'm not really a first date kiss kind of guy. I didn't even think about it. And I didn't I don't know if I was even a position it was more like this went really well I definitely foresee that she will probably say yes to another date that's how I felt so I didn't need it I didn't feel like a need to rush it or like try to make a move or anything like all the all the signs were pointing to yes at this point yeah I mean from my objective standpoint of hearing this from one person I I'm right there with you okay but I think we should hear it from your side and see if I'm still right there with you okay can I also say I declined her offer her generous offer to pay for my ticket I paid for that ticket still paying for it in emotional toil but that's fine that's what therapy's for all right let's go to you Alon all right so uh much like Derek said we met playing beach volleyball and I specifically remember Derek being attractive and everybody knew him and liked him. He was a really cool guy. He's also a really good beach volleyball player. Um, so he's like a fun guy, a cool guy to be around. And so I was definitely attracted to that. And so, you know, we chatted a few times before he asked for my number. Um, I was happy to give him my number. I was interested. And then um, he asked me to hang out like in a group setting. I was already heading home. So I, you know, said no on that one. Um, and then when he asked me to hang out just one-on-one, I said, sure, because, um, you know, I was interested. So let me just pause just for one second there. So you said, asked to hang out, and Derek, in your story, you made it seem like it was more like an actual day, like it was asking to go out. Well, it's all, it all depends on the person's perspective. Yeah, in my mind, I'm like, it, it's, I thought I was asking her on a date. I mean, it's interesting that we can ask Alon this question. You said already, the only thing you really know about me is like, you thought I was a cool guy. You thought I was attractive. So the question is, does it matter what either of us thought it was or the, how, you, how you categorize our hangout? Did you go in with the potential that it could be a date depending on how I feel? Mm-hmm. Yes. So as a guy, my perspective is, I'm going on a date. She's like, she's... A date until proven not a date. That's how I feel about it. Like, I'm not going with ambiguity. I'm thinking, like, this is a date unless she sucks. 
and then it's not a date. Then it's just a hangout. So, so then, it's just a hangout. So then, do you operate the op- opposite way, where uh, no. it's not a date until it is a date? Uh, I think I think it's almost about the same. I think, and I think everybody approaches it like this. It's like you don't approach it with a bunch of pressure on the person. It's just like let's get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second that one person isn't interested, that's suddenly not a date <laughs> for them. And then mm-hmm. the second the other person is interested, it suddenly is a date. But are you calling it a hangout because of like the post experience having gone through it? Probably. So yeah. in the moment, you may have had different terminology. Um, in the moment, I probably still would have gone with the no pressure, you know. You know, that's a great question, Rob, because I most likely, and I, I think this happened, my neighbor and I, we, we jog twice a week and I, we always, you know, chit chat what happened during the week. And I probably said, I have a date. Oh, <laughs> I had a date there, at least at one point in this time. Happened. It was at some point in the history of Alana and I, it was considered a date. It was out there. It had been spoken past the, past her lips to another female nonetheless. All right. Success. If you guys are comfortable with it, I would love to see the text just to, to verify. All right, so um, you mind if I just read these yeah, out? Yeah, go for it. All right, so the first... Oh, do, the I, first do, do I get to say? <laughs> actually, maybe it'd be better if you guys read your own text. Yeah. Let's oh, just, God. Let's do okay. a little, I'm gonna, a little role I'm, play. You know what I'm going to do for your podcast, Rob? I, I don't remember what I saw. I'm not going to preview it. I'm just going to go along with it, even if it's embarrassing. I don't remember Yeah, just go. Either. Okay. All right. So First um, text is... Derek, you be, you be Derek. Super smiley face emoji. Hi, Derek, exclamation point. Thanks for the fun day, exclamation point. So I, I reply with a so much fun, exclamation point. Glad you came, comma, you fit in perfectly. <laughs> I'm an English major. I can't not let my audience know that I can punctuate. Yeah, but you didn't put the period at the end. English uh, major. Uh, All right. Uh, oh, that's okay, you again. So, hey, Lon. So, the, so this was... Or next week. Yeah, this is the following week. Yeah, so we just I just basically acknowledged... I, I have your phone number. You have mine. Nice to have. It was a fun day. A full week later, hey, Alon, I didn't see you leave, but wanted to say it was fun playing today. We're all at Jameson's. I guess I can say the bar. Uh, we're at Jameson's Pub if you want to join. Thanks. Back at you. The invite is much appreciated, but I just got on the bus headed home. How late do you guys stay out? So I replied, not too late, usually work night. My reply, pussies. <laughs> Smiley face. And then I put I put a bunch of crying, laughing emojis saying, says the girl riding home now. <laughs> LOL, true. I talk a big game. Going to collapse when I get home. Exhausted. Next time, though? And then I replied with some weird cat emoji thing, which I don't remember using. But, yep. So I just replied a neutral cat face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is um, about two days after that. I wrote Alon, and I said, hey, Alon, hope you got enough rest on Sunday. Maybe you have some energy now and would like to join me for a drink sometime this week. LOL, sure. I'm free any day except today. What works for you? And I go, how about tomorrow? (laughs) Actually, it says Tomo. Tomo, yeah. (laughs) Tomo. Cool, when and where. That's, That's enough. But that was the gist of how the yeah. how I approached the the asking of asking okay. her out. All right, so let's let's go back to Alon's story. So you accepted the hangout, and then yeah. So then um, I got to the bar before Derek um, had the cookies, and when he showed up, gave him the cookies. He seemed happy, and um, and then yeah, we had a wonderful conversation. Um, he's really just easy to talk to for I think anybody. And we did end up sitting uh, next to each other in that like sort of bench area. And, and was it a relationship reason that you decided to sit by the bench or was there another reason? No, I think I sat on that side because I was too cold to sit on the other side. Um, yeah, we might remember that one a little differently, but I was fine with him sitting close to me. It was totally fine. Um, so then um, we wrapped up that evening and headed home, or sorry, headed back to his car because I had, uh, I had um, probably gotten there by the bus, actually, or I don't remember. Anyway, um, and when we got to his car, he, he had a parking ticket, and I felt so bad for him. <laughs> and I think, I don't, I don't think I offered to pay it. I think I offered to, like, buy you dinner as, like, a way to sort of pay you back that you had to pay for that. Because it was just... I will say I don't remember it that way, but I don't think it matters. Either way, it was a very nice, it was a generous offer. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I thought you said, I'll, uh, I don't know, you're right. You might have said, I'll help you with the ticket or maybe I'll buy you dinner for I sure. I think I offered to like buy you dinner is like that a makes, way to make That sounds more reasonable because it's yeah. like kind of not sexy, but like, I'll pay for your parking ticket. <laughs> and I would have probably rather you taking me out to dinner than be like, just have you yeah. Venmo me money for my ticket. But that's even more promising when, when someone says like, hey, instead of paying you for this ticket, I'd rather just take you out to dinner. I feel like to me at least, that would be even closer to what may be a second date. Um, now, when you said that, were you still on the fence at this point? Or were you still S- thinking that it could be a second fe- date? Or like, wh- what was your like intention behind that? Uh, still on the fence. Um, so like interested, but also not certain. Okay. And, um, and then I figured, you know, like we'll hang out again and I, you know, should be able to figure it out at some point. So yeah, I was, I was happy though to hang out another time. All right, great. All right, so um, so then there, there must have been a second. Yeah, everyone's happy date. at this point. So it, it sounds like um, it sounds like the friend zone has not occurred yet. It sounds like what has happened is is Derek thinks he's he had a date, and you had an experience that could be a date, but the both of you are ready for another outing that will shape the future. That sounds about right. Yeah. Cool. So then, what happened? I. I think I asked her out like literally two days later or maybe the next day. It was something very soon after. And I know why I remember this because I was with a friend, a mutual friend of ours. And I remember receiving her reply when I was with him and being so excited that she, because, you know, as a guy, you're always thinking about these things in your head. You have all these conflicting ideas of when you should ask a girl out and how long after the first date and all these, you know, social things that people tell you. But I usually go on my instinct. My instinct was, I think she had a good time. And we went out like on a Tuesday or Wednesday or something in the middle of the week. And I knew that the weekend was coming up. And, and so I asked her out to go out on a Friday. So it was within a few days. And her response was, from what I remember, was an emphatic yes. I remember being emphatic for sure because I remember being nervous about like, oh, maybe I'm coming in too hot with a quick turnaround. And so we proceeded to go on this second date and I picked a lawn up and she... Wait, let me pause just for one second. Sure. Um, do, you, do you have a car or... Are, mm-hmm. Okay, so, so when he picks you up... I don't are you, know. Do you have a home? <laughs> yeah. Is that why we're beeping it out? No. I live by the garbage No, can. The, reason, the reason why I brought you know that, that up is because that's another layer of, of, of how these things could, could change. Like, if, for example, if you didn't have a car, then him picking you up is more, like, necessary... Then, yeah. like, I think so I, I offered taken... to pick her up for sure. I don't think she was like, "Hey, I got nothing." I got nothing. Yeah, you know, and maybe that should be mentioned too at some point. What? That I'm new. I'm new in town. Alon is new in town. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. How, how new? Actually, that is a. I've only been here like three months. About so the oh, time wow. we met, I would have only been in town like a month or two. Wow. It is a good point because when I asked for Alon's Facebook and then got her number, I I, de- I did say, "Hey, I know you're new in town. I can show you. You know, like I'm." willing to like take you around and like hang out and i think we had maybe chatted a little bit enough to where i was like she seems like a cool person like i i know it wouldn't be like terrible to go like show her around town and i meant it genuinely like, i didn't know she had interest in me but i knew she was in town and she didn't have any friends that she knew like in this group so i was like hey i'm a friendly person i know a lot of people in this group like i'll show you around so that mm-hmm. is a good point yeah i definitely offered to pick alan up and she said sure that's i'll accept and i typically offer to pick girls up women, ladies, I picked off to pick them up for two reasons. One, because I feel like, you know, if it's not too out of the way from where we're going on our date, it'd be nice for them to not have to think about that fact. But also two, it was a Friday night. I knew we were going to go to bars and I didn't want her to necessarily be like worried about how much she could drink. I wanted her to have a good time. I would regulate my drinking, let her like not have to think about that fact. Cause sometimes that fact does sort of get in the way of a date. You know, if someone doesn't want to drink and let loose because they have to think about driving home, whereas maybe she'd have more uh, a fun time if she didn't have to think about that. So anyway, picked her up, and this is this is the first thing I noticed. Was that dress? Was that a dress or a skirt? It's a dress. Or lack of dress. I don't know what you want to call it. Let's call it lack of dress. I noticed the lack of dress. Now, would you have described that as a as a fence, like someone that's on the fence dress? I saw pretty much all legs up until legs ended. And then the dress began. It was a lot of legs. So you didn't feel a fence at this point? No, no. It was a fence that I had just cleared like <laughs> Michael Johnson jumping a hurdle. I, I just, that fence just, 
I bulldozed through that fence right there when I saw that dress. I was like, okay, we got a dress going here. It's, it's almost not a dress, but it was a good looking. She looked very good in that dress. So. <laughs> so you're thinking chances are good? I'm thinking it's, it's, we're starting off strong. It wasn't a cookie with walnuts, but hey, it was. At, at this point, I have to remind our listeners that this is a podcast about being in the friend zone. So Well, this, this, this is still fair story. Yeah, this is where we were at this point. I, I wasn't feeling friend zone yet. Uh, I was feeling, damn, nice dress. So anyway, we got, uh, we drove, you know what? I'm dead wrong on this. I'm sorry. I drove to her house. I parked at her house and we Ubered. A question about Ubering from her place. Yes. Did it ever enter your mind where you could potentially drink too much and just crash at her place? Rob, Rob, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Drink too much? No. End up at her place? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Invited? Not because of necessity, because I'm too drunk? No, no, that never crossed my mind. My mind was like, I've, I just cleared that fence. Yeah. There's, I just see a finish line now. All I got to do is run. Keep on running. Because, <laughs> I mean, you could have just driven. Well, I wanted to, I, I don't want to deal with the parking hassle. I just wanted to, you know, driving, talking, and mm-hmm. parking, you know, can mess up your mojo. I just thought Uber is just a safe way to go. I didn't know how much I was going to drink, you know. I didn't, right. I didn't expect to get drunk but i just wanted to like not even have to worry about it so anyway we ended up going to the bar which was a rooftop bar i timed it so that we'd be there during sunset and and intended fully for us to like enjoy sunset but i we had such a good rapport we had a really good time alon was talking to me and telling me regaling me about stories of being in the navy and what it's like being in the navy and what it's like being a woman in the navy and well alon's a pretty like she's like she can hang so she's the type of girl who can fit in with a bunch of raunchy sailors and like (laughs) retell their stories just as good as it probably sounded the first time. So after that, um, it was late and it was like, we've spent a good enough time together. It's time to call this. So we ended up going back out to get an Uber. And I remember thinking this, I don't know if I told Alon this, maybe I have, maybe we haven't, but I remember thinking like this date went superbly well. Everything went well. The The rooftop date was great. We didn't even worry about the sunset and I didn't even care that we missed it. It was so much fun. We had so much fun talking. We always constantly had to check our phone for time because it was one of those dates where you got wrapped up in conversation. You're losing track of time all the time. So in my mind, I'm like, perfect second date. I did great. I'm going to go in for the kiss. But I thought I was going to do it before we got in the Uber. So I, and because we were in a part of the town where like at that time of night, it was sort of dark. And we were isolated waiting for the Uber driver. And I was like, perfect time to kiss. I'm going to lay one on her. That way we can kind of hold hands and the car ride back. (laughs) That way when we get to her apartment, she's had enough time to think like, yes, I want to invite this guy up. (laughs) So I ordered the Uber knowing that it would take at least six minutes, at least six minutes, seven minutes for the Uber driver to show up. I I click request. And in the time I took hit request... And the time that he showed up was less time than I had to even position myself to get a kiss from Milan. Motherfucker showed up within like 45 seconds flat. It was like I had just pressed like, like I'm having a heart attack. Send emergency help now. That guy showed up so fast. I've never had an Uber. It's almost like this guy like had some wherewithal to be like, you know what? I'm going to cock block there tonight. So he shows up before I even had a chance to like get in position. So I'm just like, all right, bummer. But I still got another shot. I got another shot. So we get in the Uber. We, we ride back. I don't know. We had a good time. We just chatted. Nothing. There was no physical anything. I wasn't touching her. She wasn't touching me. But it was good vibes. Um, got back. I got out of my car. And, you know, at the gate, I gave her a hug. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go in for the kiss. And I was trying to read her body language. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm very timid with kissing on first, second dates. Unless I have a clear sign, I'm not the type of guy to just, that's just my style. I'm just not like a forceful, like go for it kind of guy, unless I really feel good about it. And I did feel good about Alon, but I remember when we hugged her, she didn't present her face in a, such a way that made it seem like she was looking for a kiss. What is the body language that you typically look for? L- lingering eyes, like face like connecting eyes lingering eyes like if someone like when you go in for the hug and they like sort of tilt their head and like look at your shoulder and aim for you know your shoulder or like Mm -hmm. kind of tilt their head away to me that's the head tilt is pretty telling the head tilt is pretty telling yeah i I also look for um 
just the lingering conversation. If if they're by their door and they're continuously yeah, talking or yeah, re-engaging, sure. then I'm like, okay, I could probably if I if I embarrass myself in this moment, mm-hmm. at least I don't feel too unjustified. And, and I will say this, like from what I gathered, like being me being a little timid as I am. And her body language, it to me, it was like a no. But I didn't necessarily know if it was a lawn telling me no. It was more like, I'm not feeling what I'm getting. I could be wrong at what I'm getting, but I'm not feeling it enough to do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I still wasn't sure where she stood. And then, of course, I got in the car and I drove home. And I was sober by then. Um, I, I, I was thinking about that moment. Like, did I, did I not be assertive enough? Maybe I should have been more assertive. Did I read her wrong? And of course, you're second guessing because I, I thought I, I'm going back through the whole night of the date. And I'm like, every all the signs of the date were like, this is a go. You've cleared that fence. Things are going great. Everything was fun. There was no missteps in my mind. So I thought maybe in the car ride home in the Uber that I said something dumb. I saw, you know, you start second guessing all the things you did because it wasn't so obvious that she wanted to kiss me. And I'm like, why wouldn't she have wanted to kiss me? We had such a good time. Thought everything was great. So then I called Rob and I told Rob the story and I said, Rob, I didn't kiss her. This is what I got from her body. I'm, I'm like, Rob, by the way. Oh, Rob is sitting next to me in my life. He's the host of this show. <laughs> and Rob's response was, nah, don't think anything of it. She's probably into you. It sounds good. Things sound good. Just because she didn't kiss you on the second date is not a big deal. You're probably looking too much into it. And, uh, you know, Rob is a dating you call me a what, a trivia master? I am a uh, failed dating expert. <laughs> well, you're just as much a dating master as I am a trivia master. So in, those, in that regard, you are top notch. So, I, so Rob gave me his opinion. And, you know, I thought it was a fair assessment. Why, why should I think otherwise? Like everything about this date, this one, she might, and you know, as anyone would think, maybe she doesn't want to kiss you on the second date. She could still like you. It doesn't mean she needs to kiss you on the second date. So I thought that's a fair, a fair assessment. So... That's my story of the second date. So let's hear about the second date from Alon's point of view. So the second hangout. (laughs) (laughs) This is how we know what's coming. Um, So as I said, I was uh, still on the fence. Um, Deciding what to wear, yes. Yes. Let's talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to. So uh, yeah, I wore a dress that I knew I looked really good in. <laughs> but so when you when you make that decision, are you saying I like is that is that dress saying like I want to make sure like th- th- that dress doesn't seem to me like a fence dress. That seems like you're trying to Im- like make a decision. Um, that is mainly I feel good about how I look and I'm gonna show off. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I wore a really hot dress and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so we meet out in front of my place. Um, Uber driver shows up. I'm looking forward to everything that Derek has planned. And um, um, as I mentioned before, I'm new in town, so everything's new to me. So everywhere I go, everything I see is, like, brand new, and this is great. Um, and I was excited to hang out learn more about Derek. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is going to be a good night. So, um, yeah, so we, we go to this rooftop bar, um, and I... You know, I know that it was like, let's watch the sunset there. But we were just talking so much like that never happened. So we just really we were into this conversation. It was great. I couldn't tell you, though, when it was that I started to lose romantic interest. But it was at this point I knew he was probably going to try to kiss me at the end of the night. Mm. And I did not want to kiss. And so when so the- you texted the Uber driver and said, listen, you have 45 <laughs> seconds. You better step on Pedal to the metal. I don't care if you have a Prius, buddy. <laughs> you lose those MPGs. I'm counting on you. If you want the 20. <laughs> One star or five stars. <laughs> it's up to you. I'm going to so. lose your license as an Uber driver. <laughs> so, um, so I was kind of like, you know, and I don't want, don't take this as like, Bad. I'm I was taking it bad. Okay. Taking it horribly, but that's I different. Was, I was dreading this awkward end. Like I just because I didn't want to I was hoping he would read. So I was dreading an awkward end to the evening, but I knew I didn't want to have a kiss and I figured, you know, this really has gone well as far as us hitting it off with each other again. And so I figured he probably is gonna try to kiss me. And so <laughs> I remember this differently. <laughs> so what do you know? <laughs> this is why we do this, guys. <laughs> so we go to hug, and I'm 
trying to make it clear that we're not going to kiss. So my head's tilted away. And I get a deflected cheek kiss. Did I? <laughs> I get oh, a wow. deflected cheek kiss. <laughs> like it streaks <laughs> across. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm not it saying it didn't happen. Not an aggressive, like you were going for the mouth. Almost like you really were like just going to give me like a little peck on the cheek or something. But like I'm clearly not going in for a kiss. So it just gets, you know, spread across. <laughs> I was like, oh, I escaped. (laughs) (laughs) Partially, apparently. (laughs) Not fully unscathed, but... And um, and that was it. The night ends. Um, So, um, I maybe shouldn't have worn that dress. I don't. I don't think that. That's, well, that's no, yeah. Because what if you had had feelings, you wouldn't have thought I shouldn't have worn that dress if it had worked out a different way. Yeah. But also, the dress didn't really affect. Like the kit, you did get you like you did the right thing. I clearly knew you didn't want to kiss me, like, yeah. And I wasn't trying to kiss you on the lips and then missed. It was more like me saying, like, I don't know, I, I don't remember doing that, but I can think that I probably was like, oh, this is me just showing I am interested. Yeah. I could tell you don't want to kiss me that way, but this is like my way of saying, like, yeah, yeah I yeah. like you. And plus, too, um, and it's for any woman, you know, like you wear whatever you want if you're with a gentleman then you're going to have a good night. You know, if you're with a, a horrible person, you're not going to have a good night. And they I mean, can blame it on whatever they want, but right. it's not going to be what you're wearing. You could have worn a, you <laughs> know, a turtleneck, and if it was with a bad person, yeah. it would right. be yeah. bad. I was never disrespectful or anything. I no. never, like, commented on it in a sexual I'm saying yeah. this all in retrospect because we're now in the friend zone. We could talk like this. Totes. But at the time, I wasn't like, damn, girl, that dress is looking good. Yeah. Um, but but, but I do have a question. If you can't articulate it, if not, because I've already asked you this, but maybe you've had time to think about it. You know, microphone's on. Maybe you're going to feel more comfortable. Or not. Is there any time in, in any of those experiences where you think you started to feel something change? Like maybe I was so, laughing too hard and aggressing gutturally at the. No, 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 no. Um, so it's not it, it wasn't like it's not like your mannerisms. It's not, you know, it's nothing like that. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I don't know at what point we started talking about your health issues. I don't know how much of this you want actually on this podcast. Oh, that's fine. Okay. But I don't know at what point we talked about your health issues. And then I think it was then I could start to see that you're dealing with these insecurities Mm -hmm. and you are not happy Mm. and that's not attractive. Mm. And so, you know, that's, that's a turnoff and then it just starts to, you know, mm-hmm. downhill from there. And so then, you know, as we've, this is, you know, going forward in time, but as we become closer friends, you know, like you're, you're, you're not happy, you know, like you're dealing with some real bad sure. stuff right now. Sure. So it's just, it's an unattractive quality, but it is what you're, it is true. I mean, you're not, you're not faking something, you know, you're not trying to be somebody you're not, yeah. but like the stuff that you're dealing with isn't something that draws people in, you know? Sure. That's a good point. Uh, This is maybe not the outline you want us to follow, but I will just jump in and say, truthfully, yeah, I felt a comfort level with Alon that like I could share things that were like more personal and like kind of let her peek inside of my insecurities because Alon also shared some of her insecurities and those sorts of things. I guess the interesting thing for me is that, you know, I told you obviously like I'm dealing with this thing and it's prohibiting me from pursuing something or whatever. And it, it, it could be, you know, easily something that maybe I could work harder at, like working around, maybe we can say. Okay, pause for a second. Sure. The way that we're saying this right now, it sounds like a sexual dysfunction. And Ooh. we should probably say what it actually is. Well, I don't want to go into all that. So let's okay. just say... We can work around it and just talk about there was an insecurity. I'll maybe? just say... I'll just, yeah, I, can, I have a fine way of saying it. But it, li- yeah. like, I have a physic- it literally sounds like... I have yeah the thing that I like I don't want to go into this whole topic on this particular podcast but I have I had an injury that prohibits me from doing something creatively that's what the thing is it still is gonna sound sexual I don't care it's that how do you I mean fine I'll say this I am a singer and I've had vocal trauma that prohibits me from singing and working on music without going into the whole thing about it the whole spiel I've decided that since I can't play and perform and create music the way I f- want to, which is fully with my full capacity, I've decided to just stop working on music altogether because I'm kind of an all or nothing person and I don't want to work on music without being able to like do it uh, to, to the full extent of my capabilities. So I'm still dealing with this 
particular vocal issue, which I don't really feel like going into, but um, yeah, so I've made a decision to like just leave music out of my life, but also I'm a writer and I've sort of put all my creative projects on the side because yeah, I guess I sort of went to a funk over this thing and it's sort of derailed my momentum and like my confidence for sure. So anyway, I told Alana about all this stuff and um, you know, I, we've since talked about it and she's since said that this, this is one of the things that was sort of a turnoff. But the funny thing is, is that we, it was a two way street. We also talked about some of Alana's insecurities and some <laughs> of her struggles with her momentum in pursuing some of her crafts and ideas. And so in my head, you know, I'm thinking like we're sort of commiserating, right? We're like sharing equal experiences of, of, of doubt and, and frustration and that that's our connection. And that's sort of why I'm opening the site up to her because she's sharing the same things. So I guess it is weird in retrospect for me to find out that those things were a turnoff to her. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, like this is a connection. This is like, I'm more attracted to you because you're willing to, you're comfortable enough to like illuminate your life these things about your life to me. And to me, I guess this is, I don't know how to take it. I guess I'm, maybe it's just the way our personalities are. Like that to me is, draws me into people. Cause when I meet anyone, I assume they got all that bullshit going on. I just want to get to it. And when you get, find someone who's comfortable enough to just get to it right away, to me, that's also a sort of a sign of confidence. Like, okay, I can acknowledge like, yeah, I'm flawed just like everyone else. And I'm, let's go, let's talk about it. So that was immediate more attraction for me because I, I like to meet people that are more comfortable sharing things about themselves. I think there's a difference here, though, where, and you certainly correct me, but I feel that you're not being, um, you're not, you're not putting the effort in to, f- to fix these problems, to get over these problems, regardless if you can fix it or not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, physically with your, with the vocal cord issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not taking the necessary steps, making the hard decisions to get past you know, to either accept that you may not be able to sing the way you want to, mm-hmm. um, and move past it. So I don't feel like you're going that direction. I feel like you're you're kind of stuck right now. And so I didn't find I, that's just like you said, it's messing with your confidence. Um, it it you know, it's just it's it's not a good place that you're in right now. And so like just, just for me, like that's just not some an attractive quality totally. about some person. And then I that. feel that like I've dealt with a lot of what you're going through in a different way i have i've had my own different issues but um i feel that i've i'm making an effort i'm trying and that i want to um literally i want to avoid being around um sort of backsliding into like what you're dealing with i can appreciate that i will i will try not to let this devolve into like our personal shit because it's really not about that but in one defensive stance that i can make is what i would say is this and you can reply to this, is that I did open up and tell Alon I'm having these things and this is what I'm going through and I'm not pursuing these things the way I used to, blah, blah, blah. But my defense of it is I gave you a peek into something that if I hadn't told you, I don't feel you would ever, I wouldn't betray that to you in our interaction otherwise. Like you wouldn't know that I was quote unquote depressed or sad or struggling because so far that you've seen when I'm with the group, you like you said earlier, it's like I'm so super social and fun and outgoing. And I feel like I do have a very good ability to compartmentalize that other thing in my life and still be very much myself in a social setting. And like be like if this was a circumstance where I said, Alon, I'm going through this thing and I just fucking hate being here. And like, yeah, you were in this hot ass dress, but like I just can't even enjoy it because my life is so <laughs> down. It was more or less that I'm telling her these things and saying like, yeah, it sucks, but this is what I've chosen and I've been confident in my choice in it. And I'm like, okay with it to an extent. Of course it affects me in certain ways, but in our interaction, us hanging out, you're still getting the full, as much of the experience of me as I can give you without like that stuff bleeding through. I'm still a fun guy. You're still gonna have a great time and you're not gonna like sit there and go like, if only he didn't have this thing, he'd be a lot more fun to hang out with. Or maybe not. Maybe you feel like it did bleed through, and maybe that's the point. I feel like it bleeds through. Uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. So I have a few comments. Um, so peeling some layers back of some of the things that I've noticed is on the on the one side, do you? So it sounds to me like the the big issue is not so much that Derek shared personal issues like you shared personal issues, but what he shared is a glimpse into what the future may be like. 
that he he may have shared something that made you feel that there is no immediate future right now because he's still stuck in a place rather than saying, hey, I'm carrying this baggage from this, let's say it was an old relationship, but you know, I'm, I'm working through it and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. It was more like, I'm carrying baggage from this thing. Yeah. Uh, no, you want to date right. me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's what it, it seemed to me was, um, he is, uh, I feel like you're distracting yourself from the issues by dating. So, you know, somebody else will fill this void for you. Somebody else will make you feel happier and better. But, you know, they can't. And I don't feel like you're making the necessary choices, the hard, the hard decisions um, to put yourself in a better place mentally. And you're looking for it to come from the outside. Well, you know, I, I definitely cannot fault you, challenge you, or deny your opinion. Because it's definitely yours and... Obviously, this is a complex thing that I've been dealing with for like actually years at this point. So I have my own way of feeling about how I feel about it. And I don't blame you for seeing it the way you see it at all. I totally get that. But it is the way it is for me. That's just how, you know, how I feel. But I will say it also to me, it's more of a reflection or, or, a, or a representation of like your past experience and my past experience than than anything else because you're looking at me going like I've been in this position I've been with guys like you and I know where that led or I've dated I've almost dated guys whatever you have it's, it's in your history these are signs that you're like these are red flags these are signs that you don't want to be with a guy like that and for me the same perspective is I see the things you're dealing with and I can have the same sorts of thoughts like I, I if I was a lawn I would probably try this or I think you should do that of course it's your life but in my mind, I also see the things you're going through and I think, that's fine. You're doing the same thing everyone else is doing, but you're telling me about it. And I, that's where I'm saying the difference is I'm attracted to your transparency. It doesn't freak me out because I've dated people who aren't transparent and have the same stuff going on. And I don't find out about it till months down the line or till we're deeply invested. Mm -hmm. So my those things that you're telling me aren't red flags. To me, they're the opposite. They're hey, this person can acknowledge and be self-aware and take ownership of their insecurities, their struggles, their fears, and be okay with it. But what if the person that you're attracted to, you know, has these, has these clear issues going on and is not doing anything to make their life better? But I agree with that insofar as that from your perspective, it may seem that way, but I feel the things I've done are taking steps to, you know, when we met, I had just gone under a procedure you know, I had gone to a pretty intense procedure to like have my throat looked at. And this is one of almost 30 times I've been to an ENT or a, um, you know, a laryngologist. I don't know how to say that. Google help me out. Um, throat doctor, you know, you have your, your vocal cord and your vocal box and you have an esophagus, which is separate and a whole nother, a whole nother team of, of clinicians. So I've done, I've done so many things on that front to try to figure out what's going on. And to me, that's something that's me trying, maybe not creatively, maybe I'm not pushing it in that way. But for me, you know, you're not a creative person, if you might admit, and I am, and it's hard to go uh, 50%. You know, for me, I'm like, it's hard for me to get engaged and be there emotionally if I can't have my full ability. And I'm not saying I'm right. That's just how I operate. It's hard mm -hmm. for me to do it unless I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. I'm not going to argue with you that you're not going to doctors, but you're not doing the emotional work. You're, Probably not. Yeah. Okay. That was actually. We can agree be, on that. <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up question. With that, is that the impression that I'm getting is that Alon, whatever you've been through in your life, you have done emotional work, and and that is the level that you would want in a partner. Mm -hmm. And when you felt, in, in a sense, going to doctors is an external way of dealing with a problem. Agreed. It's, it's not actually you dealing with a problem. It's you physically going to someone else to deal with a problem. Totally. Mm -hmm. And the only way that you can actually deal with a problem is through acceptance or you know, your own personal growth. And I think that it sounds to me like the, the concern here is that if, if that is not being done, what's, what's the relationship going to be? I will say Alon definitely saw, saw through my facade and called me out on things that are true. And we've talked about it. I've acknowledged it that, yeah, I've hit a wall in my 
uh, ability to emotionally like deal with this and I've given up. And yeah, this is a reflection of like my negative mindset in the past year, several years. Um, and yeah, I think in my head, I'm like, okay, I can, like I said, compartmentalize this and still be me enough to like woo somebody and bring them into my zone. And then maybe they'll accept me all the other cra- crazy shit. But I think Alon's just too keen, too sharp, <laughs> because too <I'm>, perceptive. <laughs> and to I told fall you, I told you before, I've, I've, I've been the same person. I've gone through a lot. It mm-hmm. was just something different, right? Yeah. You know, it's like for me, it was just depression with no general, you know, focus. It was, um, you know, whatever it was I was dealing with in my head was definitely bleeding through. And so when I would date guys mm-hmm. and I would express any sort of interest. I received constant rejection. So I would say for about oh the last six, seven years of my life, every guy that I expressed interest in would dump me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, you know, that'll mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's really going to mess with your psyche. It's going to mess with your, you know, your self-confidence. Your, your self-loathing is going to, you know, shoot through the roof. Um, but it was, you know, as much as you want to point the finger at everything around you, it was me. The problem was me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to just accept that and I had to make the really hard choices. For sure. Alon, going from what you were saying... What was the journey you had to go through emotionally to feel that you were in a good place then to to resume dating again? Oh, okay. So great question because I don't honestly feel that I'm in a good place yet. No. <laughs> um, so I feel that, um, you know, honestly, if uh, truth be told, had Derek and I hit it off and the interest was coming from my side, Derek probably would have rejected me. You think I'm, so? Yeah, because I'm still not where I feel I should be, that I'm like some sort of, you know, healthy place that if I date, it's going to go well. It, it's not going to. I already, I kind of just already know this. Um, so I'm still an in-progress person. Um, I have things to work on. And I date as a distraction it's fun to have, you know, an external source of, wow, you look great. Um, you know, you look awesome. You are awesome. That type of stuff. It's fun. And it's nice to hear. It's always, if I am interested in that person, they will reject me. So, um, so it's interesting, honestly, to be on the other side of it where, you know, I essentially met my counterpoint right? (laughs) and he's dealing with a lot of the same stuff. And so in this case, I just beat him to the punch. So do you, do you think that you did that because he was interested. Like, do you think that there may be something to be said? Because you said he would reject you eventually. Like, where does that come from? Oh, like, I don't, it's not a pity party thing of, you know, I'm going to dump him before he dumps me. No, I didn't think that. Um, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, no, it's, um, so then I'm sorry, then where are we going with that? So what, what I'm ultimately asking is, um, you dumped Derek because, you, hey, hey, dumped a strong word. We only went on two dates, buddy. <laughs> you you decided to initiate friend zone. Yes. My, uh, friend zone protocol. Friend zone protocol one. Um, because you felt that you would eventually get dumped if a relationship happened. Um, I don't think a relationship was ever going to happen. But let's say hypothetically it did. Now, why do you think that a relationship wouldn't happen? Uh, everything I just described. So, um, Derek isn't in a good place. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like I'm in a great place, you know, in a, you know, good enough place really to be out there dating and Mm -hmm. and feel like something's actually going to work. It's not going to work. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I don't think anything was going to happen Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. This isn't retribution, but I agree with that too. Now that like we know each other better, I don't think we would have been a, we wouldn't have worked as a couple. Why is that? There's a lot of things lot, we are diametrically opposed yeah, to. Yeah, there's just a lot of things. I mean, I've thrown out FWB on the table, so that's not that's not something we can... Just, nope. All right, so it's something we can cross out, yes. Uh, but, uh, no, I don't think relationship. I just don't think we're compatible. So, Derek, based on what she said about... like, So, when she was talking... When Alon was talking about how there were certain things that you said that made you know, her feel that this wasn't going to work, do you feel that there were things that she could have said to you that would have given you the same reaction where you would have friend-zoned her. Oh. Are there things she would have said that I would have friend-zoned her over? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's right. Like, if we had gotten to know each other, if we had dated longer, I definitely don't think I would have thought of her as someone I would date, like, mm-hmm. long-term. 
And and I don't mean that as a slight to her. I just think of it as like one. I think our friendship would probably be better than it would be as a couple or partners. I think it would get more out of being friends. And two, there are things about yeah. I mean, and this is like in all honesty, the same thing. Like what she's doing, you know, with her. You know, I just. I, I, I guess I feel the same way. Like, I don't see something long-term. I, I don't see what... I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if I should go into more detail or not, but that's uh, just that's something I feel. Well, that was a lot for one podcast. So we're going to continue chatting with Derek and Alon in the next episode. We'll chat about how each of them are doing in the friend zone. Are they able to maintain a friendship? Or is this just leading to an inevitable break? Join me as we dive into dating. What went wrong? And by the way, this music you're hearing, this is one of Derek's recordings. We'll see you next time.